Welcome to Breakpoint Podcast, a show that dedicates itself to the best racket sport in the world. For the most extensive tennis podcast, let's join Ryan Tennyson, Josh Campbell, Joel Fritchie, and your host, Val Febo. The Davis Cup quarterfinals last weekend re-established why the event shouldn't be tampered with. Gripping five-set matches and thrilling narratives were written, with some of tennis's old guard proving that they have what it takes to bring their nation the ultimate tennis glory. Meanwhile, Australia have been informed which team they will have to face in order to retain their spot in the world group in 2019. This is Breakpoint Podcast. I'm your host, Val Febo. We've got plenty to get through today, including all of the Davis Cup results from last weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about the WTA events in Charleston and Monterey, along with the latest rankings and much, much more. But before we do any of that, Josh Campbell sits across from me, not alongside me today. He's usually on my right, but he's sitting across from me today with Direct eye contact. This is nice. It's the best way to do this show. It is. It is the best way to do it. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm absolutely fantastic, and I'm I'm fantastic because we saw some awesome results in the Davis Cup last weekend, and that was probably headlined by Spain and Germany. Mm. They were that tie was one of the best in recent memory that I've seen. But look, it, for me, it's a mixed bag of emotions because as exciting as it was to watch it, it's almost a reminder that this um, this format. This may be one of the last times we get to see tennis like this in the Davis Cup. Yeah, I know, and, and you bring you bring through the agenda yeah. and the the aforementioned little read I had there that I think it's it's really disappointing. And we saw Yannick Noah, Leighton Hewitt, a, a lot of former athletes and a lot of former tennis players tweet during the week and on Instagram as well why you would want to change the Davis Cup format and the matches that we saw, uh, not only in that tie but in France v Italy. Croatia v Kazakhstan and America uh, against Belgium. We saw gripping crowds or raucous crowds, really. It's stuff that you don't see in tennis. And I think if they're doing what they they say they're going to do and change it to make it a one-week tennis festival, really, that's essentially what it is, Mm. in one city over one week at the end of the season, it's just ludicrous. So I think if if we go through, and quickly, we'll go through the results. Uh, France over Italy, 3-1. Spain over Germany, 3-2. So France and Spain in the semifinal. Croatia over Kazakhstan, 3-1. And USA over Belgium, 4-0. So we saw three ties that were relatively lopsided. And I think we probably all suspected that those those three would get through. But Spain and Germany was the was the headline tie uh, in Valencia. The stadium was rocking pretty pretty much. Mm. And... With, with the matches that we saw, if, if we go through the actual matches, Rafael Nadal made his clay court return and was as dominant as ever. So Alexander Zverev put the Germans up 1-0 uh, over Ferrer, 6-4, 6-2, Nadal over Kohl Schreiber, 6-2, 6-2, 6-3. Puets and Jan Leonard Struff defeated Feliciano Lopez and Mark Lopez in an epic five-set doubles encounter. And this is one of the best Davis Cup doubles matches I've seen in a very long time. Since probably maybe the, uh, the Groth Hewitt doubles win. The, the Murrays. The Murrays, yeah. Uh, they lost that. Sorry, the loss, yes. In, yeah. uh, in 2015. 6 3 in favour of the Germans. Unbelievable. And they knocked off Ebden and John Pierce at the Australian, uh, against Australia in the first round of the Davis Cup also in a five-set thriller. So they're in some fair form mm. in uh, in the doubles court. Unfortunately, they couldn't get through. They couldn't hold the 2-1 lead. Nadal over Zverev, 6-1, 6-4, 6-4, which just reaffirmed why Nadal is the king of clay. Um, and it's already popped him into pretty much... Well, uh, it's, it's not even that he's unbacka- a favourite. The yeah. unbackable favourite to win the... Unbackable. Well, you can't back him because you're not going to win any money. 
Oh do, right, okay. If you do odds wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you're looking, at, if you're looking at that sense, I'm not he's a betting dollar one, a dollar two to win. Yeah, the I'm not a betting man, but if you do look yeah. at the odds, he's probably a dollar one to win it. So, um, disappointing stuff there for Zverev. Couldn't really push Nadal a little bit more. It was the first top ten meeting in the Davis Cup between two players in about five years, I think. So that was uh, that was an unbelievable stat that I saw there. And David Ferrer over Philip Kyle Schreiber. Well, this was match one of the matches of the year, really. Six three, six four, three. Uh, I'm reading the wrong scoreline. I was reading the doubles. Uh, 7-6-3-6-7-6-4-6-7-5. If that's not a classic, I don't know what is. And Four hours, 51 minutes. It, it was a script-written match as well because it's two uh, two sets all uh, in front of... Uh, that That crowd was unbelievable for that match as oh, well. That's, it was. It's what made you love Davis Cup, that crowd. It was fantastic. Well, it really was. And yeah. look, the crowd, they were... On their feet, it was... And I don't know if you saw the, the footage of Nadal yeah. watching the match. Yeah. He was happy. He was sad. He couldn't watch it. He points. went through the rollercoaster emotions like everybody else. He did. And that's why Davis Cup is such a beautiful thing because you're not only playing for yourself. When you're playing for yourself, there is pressure. Mm. But when you're not playing for yourself, when you're playing for your team and your country, then there's added pressure yeah. because others are relying on you to do well, not just yourself. If you, if you lose in a grand slam, yes, it's it's bad, but... You know, you you don't have a whole nation riding your back and wanting you to get through, and you you do sort of. But when you when when you're representing your nation, it is different. Mm, that's, well, and what, we have seen that. One of the things I really liked about that was that Rafa kind of symbolised what the Davis Cup is. Was like as a, 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 a former world number one, one of the greatest tennis. He's players a world number one at the moment. Current, yeah, current, he's current world number one. Yeah, um, one of the greatest tennis players to ever play this game. But more importantly, he watched that as a fan. And he had that same level of, level of emotion as everybody else in the crowd watching that match. Yep. He was he was in, as involved in that match as everybody else. Yeah, well, and he was. And that's that's the beauty of Davis Cup. And I think it was the statement to the ITF saying, do not change this tournament. Yeah. Because if they change it, they will ruin all of the prestige, all of the history of the Davis Cup. And look, they don't even have to do the Davis Cup every year. They could do it every second year, alternate between Davis Cup and Fed Cup. It would make it probably more elusive to win. It would make it harder to win. But it would it would it would be awesome. Just to keep it. Mm. I don't think they should be doing what they're planning and it, it would ruin such a historical and as I said, such a prestigious tournament. So I think it was a good statement and the Spain Germany tie is now a worthy adversary of the ITF's opinion and what they want to do. So yeah. look it's it's something that I know we feel strongly about, Joel feels strongly about. He can't be with us today. He's got a lot of work to do. He's a busy man, Joel, so mm-hmm. we can't wait to see him next week. But look, I, will the, do you still think they will go ahead with this with this change? Yeah, I, I, I honestly do, and it's disappointing. I think they've got their minds made up. They're, they're set on this decision. They've, they, they're thinking that they're going to revolutionise the Davis Cup with this new tournament. Um, again... It's kind of hard to say because we've got our minds made up. We prefer the old system. I don't want to be completely set on being against it until I see the first tournament because I'm pretty confident they're going to go through with it. I want to watch this first tournament, see how it is, and then make my mind a little bit more clearer after that. Yeah, and I don't even want to see the tournament, though. That's the thing. I know what they want to do. I don't want to see it because it's just... It's not the same. But you have to, like, like, this could be the future. It's not like we necessarily, like, we're, obviously we're not the ones in charge of it. We're, kind of, we're just fans watching this. But being, being involved in loving tennis, th- if this is the future, we need to at least give it a chance to see how, it's, how it will go in the new system. But it seems like it's a forced future because past players, oh, and even, even current players, 
from what I've heard, they don't want it. I'm and not they saying don't it's not want forced, to participate. But uh, I, I, it's it's probably going to happen. So like, you, you, we kind of yeah. need to give it a shot. It kind of seems inevitable, but I think if enough people get behind stopping the motion, and we've seen some pretty high level players actually, you know, actually speak out against it and speak out against what this tournament is going to be. I think that I think we're in for a good show, in t- or I think we're in for a good result in terms of our opinions and, and what we want. But look, who the hell knows? It's going to be, it's going to be one of those things that divides t- the tennis community over the next year and what people want to see. And unfortunately, we don't really have a say. I wish we did have a say. Imagine us on the ITF. We'd be running. Uh, we'd be. Oh, we'd probably send tennis bankrupt. All no, the time no, we're in tennis there. would be revolutionised with us in charge. <laughs> Jeez, Jack Sock for world number one every year. Well, we don't have control of the rankings. We just we ma- could if you wanted we, to. We would make tennis the number one sport in the world. Yeah, we'd, Done. we'd come close, I reckon. Mm, Football knows? would be shaking in their boots if we were in charge. <laughs> we'll get Messi to start playing tennis. Yeah, jeez, that would be that would be something. But also, world group playoff draws have come out, or the world group playoff draw for 2017 has come out. So whoever wins these ties will make up the last eight spots in the world group for 2019. Argentina will host Colombia. Great Britain will host Uzbekistan. Uh, Switzerland will host Sweden. Serbia will host India. Canada will host the Netherlands. Hungary over Czech Republic. And Japanese. Uh, the, Jap- the Japanese, there we go, not Japanese, uh, will host Bosnia and Herzegovina along with Austria hosting the Australians. So that's going to be hard to, to bring up. I always used to hate Austria. I used to call them the fake Australia. The fake Australia? Because their name's so close to ours, it used to irritate me. I'm like, where... We- so you didn't hate Austria, you just hated the name. I hated the name, yeah, yeah. Like, anytime we competed against um, Austria in a sporting event, like in the Olympics or like, even in tennis, I always used to go, you guys aren't us, we're better. It well, you know what? Me. You know what? At least when they use the the country um, acronyms, they we, get, we get Oz. AUS, and they we- get AUT. Yeah. yeah. So... It's proof we're better. I will take that. We've got more letters, therefore we're better. <laughs> The more letters you have, the better country. So Dominican Republic is uh, Bosnia well, and Herzegovina. Yeah, well, they're, those they're insane. Those two are going to be the new world superpowers. Yeah. So this bad, is going to be bad luck, China. <laughs> Imagine the Dominican Republic. Victor Estrella Burgos, the president of the free world. I could go with that. That's the new world order. I, I could get around. Yeah, that's that's the world I want to live yeah. in. Um, so look, if Australia take on Austria, Dominic team Versus probably Nick. front lines that that oh, team. Yeah. Austria have choice of venue. So it's going to be on clay, 100%. Yeah. Team's best surface. If he plays, it's on clay. It's not on hard. That tips the scales heavily against the Australians, I think. Even with Kyrgios. He's not been te- fit. In team any- is either the second or third best clay court in the world. Second best, behind Rafa. I, d- I don't think there's anybody better than team on, on clay. There's, apart a little, from there's a little bit. Like, I would say, like team probably maybe skews slightly in his favour, but there's probably three or four people I could probably put on there with team at their best. Yeah. Uh, both uh, both s- Novak and Andy at their best would, to me, are better than team. At their very best, but at, at, they're not cu- there at, the at present. At present, because they're both struggling with injuries, you, you probably would have to go with team. Yeah. So team, second best clay quarter in the world. Rafa won't be there. So, of course, he's going to he's gonna be the headline mm. for that event if he plays, and he should play, I think, because if he wants to get... I think, when was the last time Austria were in the world group? So, it's I think... While, yeah. yeah. So, I reckon, I reckon he will play. Um... Nick Kyrgios, he's been injured every bloody week he's played this season, so who knows how he'll go. Kokonakis in some good form. It's it's the lack of depth that worries me for... Oh, I, I want to see Alex Dimina. 
Well, that's the thing. He'll play. Yeah. He's in the team 100%. But it's Austria's lack of depth that worries me. Demonor can play on clay. He just made the final of the Alicante Challenger last week. Yeah. So he can play on clay. Um, doubles, John Pierce wouldn't worry too much so, about when him. When you say lack of fine. depth, are you talking about Australia or Austria? No, Austria. Oh, okay, fair enough. So there's team. Yeah, and there's, then there's daylight. Sebastian Offner can play. Made the third round of Wimbledon last year. Uh, Andreas Heidemora is okay. Um, and then you have the Meltzer brothers as well. So yeah, Meltzer's a good double. But where is this the second highest ranking player for Austria? Well, let's. I think they're outside the top hundred. I think Heidemora is inside the top hundred. Um, if we go through, I, look, I think Gerald Meltzer is very close, but I'm leaning towards Australia. Like team would probably win both of his singles matches, and you'd assume so. Oh, you'd have to if it's on clay. It'd be hard to back against him. Yeah, if it's on clay, I think team wins wins them quite easily. I don't. I'd even go as far to say as he won't drop a set. Oh, yeah, um, I, I'd back you in and saying that. So there's no Austrian apart from team in the top hundred here that I can see. So still looking through, and Sebastian Offner is the second ranked Austrian at 139. There you so go. he'll and look, he can play. Oh, um, yeah, no slouch. But I mean, you have that much. Australia similarly has that um, a close kind of drop though. Like you, you've got Kyrgios, and then where's our next ranked Australian? I think it. Well, Ebden's at seventy seven. Seventy seven, yeah. And then Milman eighty nine, Thompson ninety nine, Demonor one hundred and fourteen. But Kokkinen is slowly rising yeah, as well like, at one forty eight. There's like you've got Kyrgios, and similar to Tim, there is a little bit of daylight to the second best player. Yeah, and that, that's exactly right. But and, I think and, and they're playing on clay in a surface uh, where Nick's not at his strong point, and obviously Dominic team is unbe- almost unbeatable. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for the Aussies. It's going to be extremely difficult. And um, yeah, Heidemora slipped to 419, so forget I said that he would be in the side. Um, <laughs> you said he was almost in the top 100. I, like, I, think, I thought I he think, was. I think last, Heidemora is in the top 100. Last time, I, last time I checked, he was. I don't know how long ago that was. I think defended he defended a lot of points. Maybe, he, maybe he's... Well, I know he's been injured, so um, let's just forget I said that and move on from the Davis Cup. Um, we've got plenty to talk about after when when the semifinals and the World Group playoffs come around in September. But Casey Delacqua yesterday announced her retirement, an absolute pioneer in what she was able to achieve on the tennis court. Her runs in the Australian Open fourth round, or to the Australian Open fourth rounds in 2008 and 2014 are key reasons in why the tournament is labelled the Happy Slam. And um, I was really saddened to see that Casey retired because I love watching her play. I love her enthusiasm and... I just love what she brings to the tennis court, and it's it's a shame that she won't be around anymore. And I sort of figured that might be the case because she hasn't been playing doubles with Ash mm. Barty over um, over recent months. Barty ended up uh, winning in Miami with uh, Coco Vandeweghe. It was yeah. so um, Barty, I think, has moved on in the doubles arena, and um, it, it's unfortunate to see Casey retire. But her, her what, what are your thoughts well, of of Delacqua when 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 you hear the name Casey Delacqua? What what are your thoughts? Oh, I think of her Australian Open run. For me, like, there was about three or four days where she was the most talked about athlete in Australia. Yeah, no, and that's exactly right. In 08, when she knocked off Yankovic yeah. um, to get through to the fourth, fourth round. round. Yeah, yeah. so she's been, it's just been an unbelievable ride. It's, it's been, Watching her play. She, she does, um, in a way, personify the Aussie underdog uh, mentality, the way she plays her tennis. Yeah, you're 100% right. And look, the way that she went about her run, and she was just happy, and I'll never forget seeing Nan in the crowd and, and watching her watching her play and... It was one of it was one of the happiest runs I've, I've seen at an Australian Open for for quite a while. But look, if we look at the players that that she knocked off that year, so here we go. We've got it now. Karen Knapp eight six in the first round, 
Paddy Schneider, who was ranked 15th in the world, also 8-6 in the third set. Sorry, not third round. Emily, it wasn't Yank. She lost to Yankovic in the fourth round. She knocked off Moresmo, the 18th seed, 6-4 in the third. Uh, and so Moresmo really underrated in terms of as a... Uh, she was 18th at that point. Yeah, but, but she, where, what was her career high ranking? Would one. One, one. Yeah, yeah. no, six. She yeah. dominated. So, look, what a stunning run that was. And then if you move forward to the 2014 Australian Open, where she also made the fourth round, losing to Jeannie Bouchard in a tight three-set match there. So if we keep moving down the draw here, she knocked off some serious players here too. So Vera Zvonareva, 6-2-6-2, former world number two. Kirsten Flipkins, the 18th seed in straight sets. Ji Jeng, I think she... Did she make a semi-final at the Australian Open? Yes, she did in 2010. So a, a Grand Slam semi-finalist, two-time Grand Slam semi-finalist, before losing to Eugenie Bouchard, 6-7, 6-2, 6 Bouchard obviously would go on to reach the semis there at the French final at Wimbledon that year and, in, and the year inside the top five. So Delacqua, watching her play, I think gave a fourth round at the US Open that same year. So look, I'm really saddened to see her retire. And yeah. I, I wish her all the best in her career and and what she will do with it. And look, she's got a family now, two young kids with her. With her, I think they're, I'm not sure if they're married her and her, Definitely girlfriend, but I think they I think they are married. They've been seeing each other for a very long time. And as a member of the LGBTI community, she won an award at their yeah. awards night a couple of months ago. And I couldn't think of a more deserving player because she is a pioneer. She spoke out against Margaret Court when Margaret Court came out and said what she said last year. We won't go into those details, but um, it's really sad and saddening to see Delacqua retire. And I think the emotion she showed in the Fed Cup, that's what we want to see, isn't it? Yeah. When um when who did they beat in the first round? Ukraine. Um when they played, she won the decisive fifth rubber again with with Barty, and that emotion I think is something that you want to see. And I hope that she stays around the tennis players, and I hope that she can you know sort of instill that enthusiasm. And she's done so with Barty. Um so yeah, I think um I think it's a very sad day for Australian tennis to see her go. Yeah. Pioneer was a great word. I like that one. Yeah, and look, I think that's one of the one of the words you can describe her with. But also, um, we, we will move on to um, just a couple of results. Since we've been gone, we haven't done a show for a couple of weeks. The Miami results. Who would have thought John Isner yeah. would win a Masters 1000 <laughs> title? Not, I don't think it was in any of our finals predictions. No, it wasn't. Zverev was. Um, so you and Joel both picked yeah. Zverev to make the final there. So Isner over Zverev, 6-7, uh, 6-4, Stephen, Sloane Stephen's Barely won a match since the US Open. Somehow comes out and beats Yelena Ostapenko 7-6-6-1 in the final. Last week it was Charleston uh, in the WTA. Kiki Burton's over Julia Georges 6-2-6-1 in the final. She loves her clay courts, doesn't she? Um, and in Monterrey as well, Garbino Muguruza over Tamea Barbos 3-6-6-4-6-3. Good, good to see the Garbinator back out and fire. The Garbinator. Jeez, I haven't heard that in such a long time. What, what made you come up with that? I'm not sure. It just worked well. I, I would have just been a spur of the moment at the top of the head, and I've, I've liked it. That was back in our Latrobe studio yes, days. Yes, it was. So that's, uh, that, that name hasn't been brought up in a very, very long time, but I like it. Do you reckon she would, though? Uh, anyone loves it. When, you're gonna get, when you get a nickname, of course you're going to love it. Yeah, but it depends what the nickname is. Well, yes, true. The Garbinator kind of sounds like so, we're calling her garbage. No, it sounds I don't like know she's... Like, Garbinator, Dominator. She's dominating. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know what? Let's... We should tweet this to her and say, Garbina, if you're listening somehow, if this gets to you, yeah. tell us if you like it at Breakpoint Pod. Um, we'll tweet at her. Yeah, we 
Garbinia Muguruza. Do you yeah. like the nickname Garbinator? We will do this after the show tonight. Check out Twitter for it because um, you've probably seen her response. Yeah. Um, knowing our luck, but we'll, uh, we digress. Um, we've got plenty more to get through on the show tonight, Josh. And rankings, no real big movers, but we will uh, bring them to you nonetheless. We've also got our previews of the ATP and WTA tournaments coming up, along with the current results of our tipping competition. Josh, you have moved up to equal last instead of actual last. So you're not dead last yet. I'm making um, my comeback. As make, I said, the underdog story coming down from, from last, looking down and out, and he's going to come back firing. He's not going to miss a single point. You are still miles away from Joel and myself, but um, uh, we'll, we'll humor you for this week anyway. Thanks, thanks, but man. plenty more still to come on Breakpoint Podcast. Stick around. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. This is Breakpoint Podcast. Val Febo and Josh Campbell here with you tonight. Joel Fritchie not here. Very busy man, Joel. So we can't wait to see him back in the studio next week. And possibly he might bring up his Wimbledon exploits from a couple of years ago again. Um, he's going to the World Cup this year. So that's probably the next one that we're going to be, se- the next one we're going to be hearing about. But, um, we can't wait to see you next week, Joel. But look, rankings, Josh, no real changes. This week, apart from one Aussie made made a bit of a jump, but we'll go through them all. And the men's top ten, Rafael Nadal. Since we've come back, he's since we've been gone. Actually, he's taken over the world number one spot. Roger Federer in two, Chilic three, Zverev four, Dimitrov five, Del Potro six, Team seven, Anderson eight, Isner nine, and David Goffin rounds out the top ten. The Australians, Nick Kyrgios twenty fourth, unchanged. Matt Ebden seventy seventh, unchanged. John Millman at eighty nine, also unchanged. Jordan Thompson, the first mover, up one to ninety nine. Alex Dimonor, the Alicante Challenger final last week, lost to Pablo Andujar in the final seven six six one. He's up nine spots to one hundred and fourteenth. Tanasi Kokonakis up one to one hundred and forty eighth. Akira Santillan one seventieth, unchanged. Jason Kublet down one to one seventy eight. Alex Bold also down one to one seventy nine. And Bernard Tomic rounds out the top ten Aussies down one to one eighty five. The no rises and sliders this week. No, how, many, how many Aussies are inside the top 200? Uh, uh, we got is it 10, 10 or 11. 10. 10. And then we've got 7 inside the top 150. That's It's kind of not being talked about that we have... 6 inside the top 100. Is it, no, no, yeah, no, 150. The top 150. Yeah, 6. 6, okay. Yeah. That's not being talked about that much. The no, fact well, that we actually have a lot of people kind of supporting Nick Kyrgios um, mm. and pushing up the rankings. Yep, and we've got a couple like in very low 200s as well. So yeah. we're going to be... Well, let's hope we can be a force in the near future because yeah. we love seeing our Aussies do well. Um, no rises and sliders this week because of Davis Cup. Uh, no real changes inside the top 100. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to the the WTA top 10. That is your domain, Josh. Far away. Uh, unchanged, as you said. Uh, at one, Simona Halep. At two, Caroline Wozniacki. At three, the Garbinator, Gabi Muguruza. At four, Alina Svitolina. Five, Yelena Ostapenko. Six, Caroline Pliskova. Seven, Caroline Garcia. Eight, Venus Williams. Nine, Sloane Stevens, And ten, Petra Kvitova. Fantastic. And, sorry, just more importantly, I wanted to say, four Americans inside the top 16. I know. It's scary. And Serena's not one of them. I know. 
I know it is. It, it is, is terrifying. Very scary to see how good American tennis is at the moment. Even in the men, they've got yeah. Sock, Isner, um, Johnson. So many talented young players. Um, Isner's not really young, but <laughs> Johnson's not young either. But oh, Johnson's not old. Sock's still quite young. Yeah. So American tennis is in a very, very good place at the moment. The Aussies, Ash Barty, uh, unchanged at eighteen. Gavrilova also unchanged at twenty-four. Sam Stoza down one to fifty-eight. Isla Tomjanovic de- uh, up four to ninety. Arena Rodinova down 1 to 131. Olivia Rogowska up 2 to 146. Lizette Cabrera down 3 to 162. Priscilla Hon up 1 to 190. Destiny Ayava down 3 to 226. And Alan Perez up 27 to 252 in the world. So no rises and sliders for the WTA this week. Um, Even though there were two tournaments, including a premier event, there were barely any changes Mm. inside the top 100. So it's it's been a weird week in so, terms of rankings. It's it's almost good news because it's a bit of a staple of consistency that people aren't going up and down too much. Yeah, it is. But I think we like to see big ranking changes, don't we? We do. It, for us, it is because it gives us more to talk about. But... Yeah, like the rankings have given us barely anything this week. And that's probably... The, it's one of the well, most... Well, I mean, the biggest it... talking point is still the Davis Cup. Yeah, and... I've... Yeah, and I just think this is probably the the least the rankings have ever given us in you know almost apart from three... the, like the month off we get from tennis. Yeah, well, <laughs> apart from that, but we never do shows at no. that point anyway. Um, so yeah, I think in our whole almost three years of doing this show, um, I don't think we've ever seen anything like that. But um, there's always a first time for everything, I guess, isn't there? Yeah. Um, also, just quickly before we get to another break, it's a very short segment this one, but our tipping standings, as I I teased a little bit before, that you. Are not last anymore. Before the last, uh, before the last show, it was me on thirty, uh, Joel on twenty-eight, Ryan on twenty-one, and Josh on twenty. Joel is one point behind me now. I didn't get any points from last week, so he picks Verev as as you did as well. Um, I'm on thirty, Joel twenty-nine, so closing in on me very quickly. Uh, Ryan on twenty-one, and Josh on twenty-one. Um. I've got you, Ryan. You're, so, you're, you're right there. You're next to me. Well, Ryan hasn't been sending in I'm, his picks. I'm about so, to see you in the tailgate very soon, though. So, yeah. I, well, he's about to see you in the yep. tailgate. Um, that, yeah, I worded that horribly. You you really did. So <laughs> My trash talking's gotten worse. I don't no, know it really happened. has. You haven't been as experienced at it. You've been coming last in a lot of our events recently. So yeah. There's my Times bit are tra- changing. There's my bit of trash talk for you. It's all right. It's April. We've got plenty of time. It is. It's nearly May, though. It's going... Like, the French Open's already nearly a month away. It's exciting. It, it exciting. is very the exciting. The court swing's about to happen. Yeah, oh, it's bloody... It's gone so quickly this year. But look, we've seen just quickly before we go, because um, we do have a little bit more time, what, in terms of talking rankings, can you see anybody, men, male or female, really making an indent inside the top 10 that, that's currently not in there at the moment? Is there oh. anyone that, that really stands out for you? Um, um, I know there's a few players that are knocking on the door that you know, on the women's might... on the women's side, Naomi Osaka. Okay, that's a good one actually. Winning Indian Wells, her, I can see her pushing inside the top ten okay. by the end of the year. She's 22nd at the moment, and, yeah. and look, if she plays the way she did to win Indian Wells, I don't see why not. Yeah, that's that's actually quite a good one. What about the men? Uh, I bring him up every week, and I really shouldn't because he doesn't deserve it. But Nick Kyrgios, you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly do. He is so talented. He is, but he just... It just doesn't seem as though... 
he wants it. The dedication is there and yeah. that he wants it. And the, 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 you summed it up perfectly yeah. there. It doesn't look like he does. And he seem, he's That's the injured. Thing. You talk about people on the outside who can. There is no question that he can't. Like he. Oh, he, no, I he, agree. Not only yeah. can, he should be in the top 10 right now. No I, question. I agree with you 100%. I don't know. It's gonna, there's going to have to be big changes. We say this all the time about Nick. But if that big change does happen, he, he could be top five by the end of the year. Yeah. No, uh, look... If he plays his best tennis, definitely, but... What about you on the men's and the women's? Uh, men, 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 men. What can I see here? I don't know. It's it's quite... I think Hyun Chung. I think yeah, he, he can yeah. make an indent inside that top 10. After, like, one of the biggest... Like, a massive breakout year, a massive drop-off year, he's finally picking up that yeah, form he had. exactly. So, I think Hyun Chung on the men's side. On the women's side, Daria Kasatkina. She's yeah. up to 14th in the world. Um, I think those two young guns are going to be the she, ones to do she it. She will be a world number one at some point. I think, I think I've said this on the show before. I don't think you've said that, actually. So that's a big call yeah. there from Mr. Campbell. Um, she, has the, she has the game for it. She's unbelievably talented, still so young, and she has that competitive drive that you need to be to become world number one. She's 100%. She's awesome. I love watching her play. I love her enthusiasm. It's good to see a young player actually show it because yes. a lot of a lot of them don't. But um, we've still got plenty more to get through, Josh, on Breakpoint Podcast. We've got our all-important previews coming up for the ATP events in Marrakesh and Houston. Marrakesh, what a, I wonder what that tournament would be like. It looks like a really interesting place to go and play tennis. So Exotic. Um, definitely. Yeah. I think so. It's the one of I think it's the only tournament in Africa for the ATP. So a nice little stop over there. Um, Houston as well on the ATP side and on the female side, it's Lugano and Bogota. So plenty more still to come. We're going to re- preview those tournaments and give out all important tips for the next week or for this week, I should say, on Breakpoint. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. This is Breakpoint Podcast final seg coming up here. Val Febo and Josh Campbell here taking you through all the week's news in tennis. Plenty to get through, and we've got. A mixed bag of tournaments this week. One is in Africa, the only African tournament on the ATP World Tour. One is in the deep south of America in Houston. The other in South America on the WTA and in Lugano in, I think it's Italy, is it? Switzerland. Switzerland. There we go. I should know my geography, Josh. Um, uh, let's let's move on. But we'll do our previews this week. As I said before the break, the tipping is at uh, the tipping competition. Me on 30, Joel 29, Ryan and Josh both on 21. So you say you're going to make a comeback. It's going to take a while, I think for you to make all that ground up, barring Joel and I having absolute catastrophes, which has been prone to happen, actually. So I'm, I'm just going to get eight for eight this week. Yeah, it might not right. take too long. But here we go. The uh, Marrakesh tournament will start there. Uh, Albert Ramos Vinales is the top seed. Kyle Edmund at two. Philip Kohlschreiber, three. Richard Gasquet, four. Robin Harsup was five. Lost to Mirza Basic, four, six, six, four, seven, five. Benoit Pair, six. Lost to Gilles Simon, though, six, two, six, seven, seven, five. And Dolga Polov was seven. Lost to Andreas Arnaboldi from Italy. Qualifier, 6-2, Misha Zverev rounds out the seeds in eighth position there. So what are your picks here, Josh? It's a pretty, I don't know, it's a to- it's a weird tournament. There's no real dangerous floaters in the draw that I've seen. Um, Alex Demonor lost in qualifying uh, last night, unfortunately, so he won't be taking any part in this tournament. But 
Who, who do you see winning this title? Uh, well, it's surprising because um, I haven't mentioned it in a while, but uh, uh, Andreas Ramos Vinales used to be my least favorite Albert player. Ramos Albert Vin- I, Ramos Vinales. What did I call him? Andreas. Andreas. <laughs> well, no wonder he used to be my least favorite player. I can't even remember his name. Uh, Albert. It- Albert Ramos yeah. Vinales. Okay. Yeah. I've got him making the final, mm-hmm. and I've got him losing to Richard Gasquet. Richard Gasquet, very good. I've got uh, Cole Schreiber over Gasquet in the final. So both of us have Gasquet there. Uh, Houston in America. This is the only red clay tournament that Leighton Hewitt has ever won in his career. He won two clay court titles, and uh, only one of the one was on red clay here at Houston in 09. One was on green clay at Delray Beach in 1999. So fair while between drinks there for Hewitt. Just an irrelevant stat there that I thought I'd, I'd it's got pop in. It's in it and it's not irrelevant to you. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Uh, the Seeds, John Isnat, number one. Query, two. Sock, three. Nick Kyrgios, four. Fernando Vadasco, five. He lost to Dennis Kudler, six, four, seven, six in the first round. Steve Nick John- Kyrgios had no comment on that loss. No, he didn't. Uh, pretty salty, though, Vadasco, maybe. Maybe a little salty, yeah. Yeah. Um, Steve Johnson is at six. He's the defending champ. Ryan Harrison, seven. Tennis Sangren, eight. Jordan Thompson was in the draw, lost to Bjorn Fratangelo, 6-1-6-1. So poor start for him to the clay court season. Fratangelo will play Kyrgios next. Uh, your pick for this tournament, Josh? I'm never going to learn, am I? No, but I kind of agree with... I think I know where you're going, and I kind of agree. I've got Nick Kyrgios winning. So you got him winning, okay. Yeah, All and right. I've got him beating John Isner. John Isner, interesting call. Uh, I have Nick in the final. I don't... I shouldn't be saying this, but I don't want him to get there. Um, I think we you're, you're allowed to say that. I think with our last show, we probably you're, you're know. Not, you're not in the uh, minority in saying that. You're mm. definitely in the majority with that comment. I, I unleashed on him in the last show, if you haven't heard. So um, I don't know if I went a bit too far there, but um, mm. I, I got it off my chest, which is nice. Um, I got Sock winning. So your mate, your favourite player. I don't. Is he still your favourite player? Oh, he's still or? my favourite player. There's no question. He's just okay. he's been a little bit. Uh, underperforming a little See, bit too much of Nick, or he's a little bit too focused on himself and not on yeah, his tennis. Well, he's got a, he's got a long, or long, not really long term, but I a girlfriend just, I now. Think I have a thing for bad boys. <laughs> oh God! Um, so I guess I guess we're never going out then. I thought, unfortunately, not. <laughs> um, not not bad enough for you. Am Until I? you buy a bike, maybe then. <laughs> what a like a push bike like or a Harley. Harley, nah, nah, not a motorbike fan, so unfortunately that's not going to happen. I'm safe for Jeannie Bouchard anyway, so whenever whenever she comes down to Australia and whenever she, um, I don't know, whenever she... she she's s- made a habit of dating fans, so you're always a chance. Yeah, I know. Well, I've just got to find the right tweet, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I saw on, on Twitter, uh, Jeannie Bouchard followed me, and I jumped for joy. I was like, oh, geez, this is good. Same Shockingly, fo- same, same photo and everything, and then I look, and it's a fake account, yeah. and I thought, yeah, this is a bit too good to be true, but follow me nonetheless. Um, at vfebos96, if you want to follow. Um, just a self-plug there. Uh, Jack Sock over Kyrgios was mine, so look, I think Nick, the draw's pretty easy for him, um, if he plays his best tennis, that is. Is that he could win, he could lose to Fran... Fran- Fratangelo. Fratangelo. Another name I can't pronounce. <laughs> there we go. We got there in the end. Uh, the WTA now in Bogota... This tournament, as I said last year, probably doesn't need to be there. Top seed is Tatiana Maria at 61st in the world. Don't think there's ever been a top seed at 61 in the world. Like Even that is just the top 50. It's very rare. There's been rare. a few. Like there's obviously, I mean, you got your challenger tournaments, but like a, a, a no, general, on a, at a yeah. premier event. At a or, premier, no, it's not a premier event, but it's a, a WTA, WTA event. WTA event, yeah. Um, that's pretty poor. Um, so you'd, I, I think you'd want to get. I, remember there was a show we did back in 2015. I remember the top seed being maybe like 80. 
I think it was this tournament. Might have been this tournament. Yeah, there was a, there was a disparity of, I think the the top seed was like twenty, and the next seed was like eighty or mm. seventy something. So it, it was quite a while away. But uh, Tatiana Maria is the top seed. Magda Lynette, two. Johanna Larson, three. Veronica Sepedi Roig, four. Lara Aruabarena, number five. Alison Risk. Uh, she lost to Delala Yukupovic of Serbia, six two six two. She was six. Anna Bogdan, seven. Isla Tomjanovic, the eighth seed. She's ninety sixth in the world. If you can get seated at 96. Why are you clasping your chest? Can you please say her name again? Who? Arua Barena. I cannot roll my R's and it is so exciting when other people can. Lara Arua Barena. Alright, he's just gone back in his chair. That's, that's a little bit concerning. Um, your pick. Let's my move my on. pick. Uh, I, I, I almost want to pick her so that you can repeat it for me, but <laughs> I, I don't have her making the final. I've got Johanna Larson winning over um, Aya Tomjanovic. Tomjanovic, yeah, I've got her making the final. Um, she takes on Renata Zadazua in the first round, Mexican qualifier. Um, my pick, well, you're going to get to hear it again because I've got her winning the title, Laura Arrua Barrena. Uh, she will take home the title, I think, over Ala Tomjanovic. She'll make the final. Goosebumps. Yeah, he actually does. That's, that's really concerning. Ooh, all right, Jeez. All right, yeah. let's let's go to the next tournament uh, in Lugano. This is in Switzerland, not Italy, as I said. Um, Miladinovic, the top seed. Don't know how well she'll do. Uh, Kiki Burton's two. Carlos Suarez Navarro was three, but she's out with a right hip injury. Annette Contevate, four. Uh, Svetlana Kuznetsova, five. Aliza Cornet, six. Uh, Mihaila Buzanescu, seven. Alexandra Sasnovich, eight. And uh, our one of our very good friends, Alison Van Wiedvak, number nine, looks... Now not, I know I, not, we, we can't say it. I know this is man. I've said it on the show before, and yeah. I've tweeted it out a while back. But it's so mean. But th- th- there's an uncanny resemblance to Ed Sheeran. There, there is the female version of Ed Sheeran. Unfortunately, Alison Van Wheatbank. If Ed Sheeran was to become a female, that is what he would look like. Mm. And it's it's just it's it's uncanny. And I really think you should do a face comparison because it is super close. Um, your pick for this tournament. Oh, well, I was tempted to go Camille Georgie in her home country. What? She's she's Italian. Yeah, I know. What? I don't she, get the joke. She said it was Italian. Oh, there you go. That, right. that was picked okay. up on the joke. I'm, I'm having a slow day yep. today. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, go. But I decided to go with uh, Mladenovic, who I've got over. Really? Over Kuznetsova. Why Mladenovic? Uh, uh, it's confusing. Like, she had a poor start to the year. She 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 has months where she plays unbelievable tennis. Which, okay, she has. A month where she'll play unbelievable tennis, and then she'll copy that with a couple of months of terrible tennis. I'm just banking off the fact that this is a month. All right, leading to the French Open um, quarterfinalist oh, last year, so yeah. she's going to have to improve that result. The French Open, where unlike Camilla Georgie in Switzerland, this will actually that would be her home <laughs> tournament. Oh mate, you got to in- drop the joke. I'm ripping into you unnecessarily here, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think she's. Um, I think this could be her month to kind of pick up her form a little bit. Okay, because yeah, Nets a season campaigner. Yeah. On clay. On clay, exactly. Sweet. Perfect. Thank you, Josh. And mine is, well, I've got Kuznetsova winning the title. Um, just, I know, I think it's her first or second tournament back from injury, but she tends to be one that just picks it up straight yeah. away, picks up where she left off. She'll be fine. Elisa Cornet is my finalist for this tournament. Just look at the draw. So it was pretty open on the top end. I don't think Lenenovich will do too well. At, at this point, playing tennis for her after months off is like riding a bike. Like, just, you pick it up. You pick it up your second serve, I reckon. Yeah, if she gets through a first match, I think she'll be okay. She'll yeah. get into that rhythm and I think we'll see her very best, but she's aging now, so who knows what we're going to see from Kuznetsova for the rest of her career or how long 
We're going to see her for. But that's about it, Josh, for Breakpoint Podcast this Wednesday evening, this fine Wednesday evening. Starting to get a little bit cooler in Melbourne, even though it has been a war- warm April, but the studio's not as hot. Which is really nice. I'm feeling it's a little bit hot. It's warm, but it's not as hot. Remember the day we it, came in here on a 40 degree day? I do. That was hell. Mm. Essential. That, yeah. Let's let's not think about that. But remember, you can follow us on Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Facebook Breakpoint One, Wooshka as well. All the shows go up on iTunes, so we'll uh, we'll see those then. And uh, also, Josh, you can follow him, Campbell D. Joshua, so on Twitter and Instagram. Today, this is fantastic. Well, yeah, I plugged you on the pre-podcast video. I thought I'd plug you on the show as well. Um, I gave myself a plug, so <laughs> probably better I, plug I you I as well. I promise my followers I will start tweaking again. <laughs> well, what was your quote before the show? I'm funny and I'm smart. Oh, so I'm my funny, Twitter... smart, and I'm brilliant. I should be tweeting. <laughs> and there you have it, the quote of 2018. And just, just this year, we had Gabriella De Silva Fick on a few weeks ago, the young junior player. And we were telling her about our competition. And when you're right, you walk in with a big head wobble. And she asked if the head actually fits through the door. And I think that quote, if we send it to her, or if she's listening... Um, it would confirm that for That her. would confirm it, it that your not, head does not fit through the door. It, it does usually take all four of us to fit my head through the door. Yeah. It, yeah, you've when gotta, when there's only two in the studio, it makes getting through a lot a lot harder. Yeah, it's pretty much you got to get the, as, the as of right stuff. now. Half my head is still outside the studio door. <laughs> All right, we are we are waffling big time now. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. I've been Val Febo. Thank you again, Josh, for tonight. No worries, Val. Great and to be here. Uh, I hope everybody has a lovely day and a lovely week.